Welcome back for another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I am your host, Cody Kelly. We're going to get into some interesting news developments that has happened this prior week. I'm going to first start off uh, by covering some economic news in the city, or great, like I call it, the great city state of Chicago. Going on to some big beer business. Uh, looking at some, the focus of Central Illinois, some economic development down there. Also, um, going into U.S.'s economic portfolio and its trade agreements with China. Uh, then looking at a possible congestion tax and some interesting developments uh, that is happening uh, just within uh, not just the state of Illinois, but the U.S. as a whole. Uh, stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode. Distribution um, overtakes manufacturing in Will County. A great article in Cranes Magazine written by Claire uh, Boucher uh, covers the kind of the economic development and the shifting of economic focus within uh, the county of Will County, uh, primarily the area of Joliet. The private sector employees have added 92,000 jobs in Will County since 2001. Usually that is something to be applauded. And of the 215,000 jobs that have been recently proclaimed that it will be added post-2018, the problem is more than 10% of the jobs uh, in transportation and warehousing are in transportation and warehousing, which is not all good news with the deindustrialization of the Will County area. So being deindustrialized, so shifting from the manufacturing over to more logistics-based jobs is not necessarily a bad thing if wages are fair. Uh, But according to new statistics, according to the federal labor uh, statistics show in 2018 that warehousing employees actually earned um, 43,000, which is less uh, than the average annual income uh, 20 years ago. And then the temporary employees that are being hired in these new logistical companies in these warehousing sites earn an average of $13 an hour. The actual... (laughs) wage um, has actually gone down on average. Uh, and because of this, so even though new jobs are being added and there is a decrease in unemployment, there is actually an increase in underemployment and an increase of shifting the economic scale. So you're basically creating a new working poor um and the new jobs are not creating true growth. It's it's kind of like padding the stats. Uh, if you're a sports fan, um, depending on what sport you follow, there's a terminology called uh, stat padding. And basically, you're just doing things that look great on paper, but in actuality, it has no effect on the game. And it doesn't speak to how great or not great of a player that you really are. This is one of them. So the adding of these jobs is a positive, but because... These jobs, a lot of them are temporary jobs. These jobs do not have, these jobs are not union based. These jobs are um, not on scale uh, with the the increase and in the, the strive for 15 and even higher. They're not trying to keep up with the economic pressures and, and responsibilities of this time. Uh, these jobs are like a, a band aid when, <laughs> when you actually need a surgery. And it, it's just creating. I think almost, uh, I won't say, I think that's an extreme to say indigenous servitude, but it is interesting to understand that having a job 
having a career, getting ahead are really three th- uh, three different things. Uh, how it was kind of a two different things, I think, 10 to 20 years ago, having a job versus having a career. But now it's almost three uh, different things. So um, it's a great thing. I'm happy for the added jobs. I'm happy for the increase of added jobs in the private sector. I'm happy for the uh, shift uh, as far as Will County not falling behind times and really focusing on growth, but all growth is not good growth, and growth has to make sure that it is favorable to all parties. White Claw, uh, great article as far as big beer business. Uh, White Claw success attracts uh, Miller Coors and Bud Weiser's Weiser's, uh, as competition. Uh, Great article by Dalton Baker. Uh, States is this upstart brand from the West Loop. Shout out to the West Loop in Chicago has surged to $101 million in revenue the first six months of 2019. This is up 300% compared to 2018, year-over-year statistic. Um, They have a market or a a selected focused niche, uh, being the low-calorie brand brew uh, that tastes like flavored soda water connects with consumers. So my thought, I'm happy that, you know, startups are doing well. I'm happy for the entrepreneurial spirit that has definitely hit and taken over Chicago. I'm happy for any company that has increased in sales margins and success and revenue. I want success uh, for all. Uh, that is understandable and definitely appreciated. Uh, I, I think it speaks volume that they're able to compete against uh, your larger national players. And it really shows that uh, the next economic shift as we hit this fourth this fourth stage of the Industrial Revolution is, is really going to come from innovative People, innovators, uh, people that are thinking outside of the box, kind of breaking away from mainstream to create a new mainstream uh, is where the true new uh, exponential growth is going to come from. You're always going to have your large players, right? You're always going to have your giants, uh, but you can become a giant if you're willing to kind of step away from the pack. Uh, So I'm happy about this, Um, happy about uh, it kind of leading this new this new niche. And this 300% year-over-year uh, sales increase is amazing. Um, definitely adding that economic stimulus to Chicago is needed and wanted. Uh, and I wish them continued success. Central Illinois new business takeover. Amazon has ordered 100,000 vehicles to be developed in normal Illinois. Shout out to Central Illinois. Uh, Rivian Company, a manufacturing uh, distributor of electrical vehicles, announced uh, that $35 million investment uh, from the Cox organization to $500 million investment from the Ford organization, $700 million investment uh, round led by Amazon in February. This has led to the new growth of the Rivian uh, company uh, that focuses on this selected targeted market niche. And because of that, uh, it is leading the economic push and drive uh, in central Illinois. So I'm happy. I'm happy that they're being utilized by a major player like Amazon. I'm happy for the jobs and the revenue that's going to bring to Illinois and bring uh, through Illinois. Uh, and I wish the Rivian Company a major success. Obviously, if they're getting uh, this type of uh, equity funding, uh, they're probably going to go public real, real soon. <laughs> so probably be on the lookout for their IPO. I would say probably within the next um, year, probably by first quarter, second quarter, 2020. The U.S. is considering uh, limits on portfolio flows into China. White House is discussing ways is discussing ways to limit 
uh, U.S. investor portfolios uh, flows from going into China, acting as a separate tier for, um, I won't call it a tax, but definitely a prevention or uh, <clears throat> a levy uh, in the sense, uh, really more of a sanction. Uh, this to me is not a great strategy by any means. I understand that you want to uh, protect the U.S. economy. You want to make sure that there is mutually understanded or understanding and mutual agreed upon uh, contractual agreements and, and, and limitations and clearly defined territories. And you want to make sure that both economies are doing right by each other and, and that companies have mutual exchange and flow uh, in and out. The, the problem with going too far or, or force placing uh, these hard sanctions uh, is that one is too too much tied or in part is too knitted to the other. And when you go to really impose, uh, you almost hurt yourself going backwards. Yes, you should protect the U.S. consumer, U.S. economies. Uh, yes, there should be a strategy that is beneficial, uh, not just in a global sense, but in a regional sense as well. Uh, yes, we want to make sure that our, our economic interests are placed as a priority. Uh, but if the priority creates this imbalance that leads to uh, prices all of a sudden going up, all of a sudden the iPhone now goes up 10, 20% in cost, all of a sudden it's hurting you know your, your rural farmers, uh, you really have to look at the strategy behind this. Now, I understand you know there are implications with every decision. Uh, but in this case, I don't believe that uh, this is an effective strategy uh, in trade negotiations with China. I think there needs to be conversations at a sit down and, and really lay out kind of what the game plan will be going forward and how both countries can benefit. Uh, but I don't think this is a starting point. I think this is a it's not a bluff, but it's, a, it's, it's to me a miscalculated move. Possible uh, implementation of Chicago congestion tax. I know I hit upon this uh, in a prior episode, and I get it. Um, Chicago's traffic is terrible. There's no uh, easy way to say it. There's no ways around it. There's there's nothing that you should hide from or to uh, delineate from or away from to sugarcoat it. Uh, Chicago traffic is terrible. The answer to that is not another tax. I think... Illinoisans, I think Chicagoans are just leery of more and more taxes. Uh, this is like the sugar tax on steroids. You know, this, uh, I get it. Uh, if you travel in Chicago, traffic starts at 6 a.m., ends at 10, uh, and then go, you know, resurges at, you know, 3 p.m., and ends at seven and really Chicago traffic can happen anytime if you've ever traveled you know uh 57 94 290 90 it just whenever you know whatever happens it can just build up uh but people should not be penalizing or be penalized from traveling into the city the the real solution to the congestion is multiple uh multiple disciplines right multifaceted the, the first thing is you need more highways uh, you have to create large um, uh, systems that can carry this amount of traffic, not just more highways, but you really need to do a revamping of the infrastructure transportation period uh, within the Chicagoland area. The second 
thing is you need to make uh, public transportation safer and more convenient. Uh, you know, the buses, like, you know, you might be able to catch a bus, but a bus is so slow, you know, something that could take you, you know, 10 minutes in an Uber could take you half an hour in a bus, you know, so think about it, you know, you're planning, you're trying to get to a place, so now you have to times your trip by two and a half, right, like, uh, this is 10 minutes, but if I take the bus, I gotta wait to the bus, hope that the bus runs on time, that there's no, you know, that the bus isn't overcrowded, then get a seat, uh, then travel. And even though it's cheaper, you know, my trip is extended. You know, what was a 10 minute ride is now half an hour. What was a half an hour ride is now, you know, an hour and a half. Uh, is it, is it worth it? You know, then you take in the, the elevated train system and, uh, there, there's just, there needs to be a more privatized and yet public option. And I know that sounds like, how do you do both? But, there are companies that are working on developing like pod style <laughs> uh, mechanisms that really operate almost in the sense of an elevated train system. Uh, customization is everything right now. And it's hard to uh, create or it's hard to implement uh, mass travel and not understand the science behind it, uh, not understand the need to have many options, many ways to commute. And also an understanding, an understanding uh, of that you have to uh, invest in these technologies and to the infrastructure and to mass transit. And when there is a large amount of investment, you can cut down on this. Uh, you know, we, we should have a, a faster rail system. I mean, the metro, what is the metro's top speed? You know, like I, if I live out in the suburbs and I commute, uh, to downtown for work, like I mean, you know, like many individuals do, you know, I should be able to do a trip that would take, you know, forty-five minutes to an hour uh, in a car, you know, on a on a mat on a high-speed rail transit in fifteen minutes, ten minutes. You talk about the convenience there, you know, and then therefore you can still kind of go about your day. You're not um, being bombarded or, or really having your day eaten up with just travel. So the, the travel or the aspect of the difficulty of travel is what really inflicts and hinders uh, Chicago uh, transportation. I do not believe that a congestion tax will bring about real results. At the most, you might get a 20 to 30% ROI, which I guess if you look at it, be like that's a great ROI. The problem is you you start penalizing individuals uh for going into the city. So now you either have to really be in the city or you have to afford it, you know, and now it becomes more of an economic to me injustice and basically saying, well, if you can't, you just can't. Uh, you know, I get it. I, I see the benefit from it, but I see that the negatives, I feel like this really isolates a lot of individuals. I'm not saying that the Chicago adjustment tax should be totally ruled out depending on what that tax looks like, depending on, depending on how much of uh, the taxation really is. Obviously, like any tax, it, it just keeps going up, going up, going up, you know, and, and to infinity and beyond. But uh, I really think before you go down that route, you have to exhaust every other route. And when you're dealing with this systemic change, you need a holistic solution if you were to do everything and then add that and say, well, like, you know, to encourage more public transit usage, uh, you know, to really cut down on 
basically the footprint of cars, but then if you cut down on cars, then you cut down on car purchases. You see, you, you don't want to be a, a deficit toward any industry. You just want to create availability for all, right? So this is something that I think needs a bit more strategy behind before Chicago does anything. And I think there needs to be a consultation of all parties and all individuals affected. And I don't mean like we have to, you know, interview every single resident of Chicago or Chicago land, but I do mean uh, there needs to be an added focus on what really works, what really makes Chicago commuting difficult, and then look to actually solve these problems holistically and systemically. And when you do that, you will have the reduction that you're looking for. And when you, if you go down the route of adding this tax, you have to say this will primarily go uh, to benefit, you know, this and this. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay. So now, you know, it, it, it kind of just goes full circle. Uh, but I, I feel like this is a very slippery slope and I feel like we need to do a little bit more research. This has been a great episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I look forward to doing more episodes and connecting with you. Let me know what you want me to cover. There's some interesting things that's happened naturally that I'm definitely going to cover in the next uh, podcast episode. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at Cody's Life One, on Instagram at CVMK33. Let me know how you feel, what you're thinking. Look forward to next time. Thanks. <laughs>